Welcome to the Science Jam podcast. This podcast will answer or attempt to answer your sciencey questions. So join us for random, exciting discussions on different topics. Hello and welcome back to our Science Jam. This is me, Victoria. I am a science teacher, have been for many, many years, and I'm joined by my good friend, Brett. Can you introduce yourself, Brett? Uh, yes, well, funnily enough, I'm also a science teacher. This podcast has come about from us t- sitting around and talking about science and annoying everyone else in the in this faculty. So we decided to annoy everyone, a, a much, much larger audience. <laughs> so we're going to do this today. We're going to answer a student question today. The question is, when are we going to live not on Earth? Oh, good question. Good question. I suppose the first place to start there is how far off of the planet would we have to go to count as not living on Earth anymore? Well, I think if you would live in the sky somewhere, so and we're kind of doing that already, um, the International Space Station has had humans living on it for somewhere about the last 10 years. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but it's a decent length of time. And they're going to keep doing that for the foreseeable future, uh, hopefully we don't get any more uh, holes uh, in the space station and lose oxygen and have to get off. But for the foreseeable future, we're going to have still more people not living on Earth. Don't think that's quite what they were talking about, though. Yeah, I, I have a feeling the, the idea of a handful of people, you know, because there would be a couple of hundred people who've been able to live on the, the ISS at this stage um, over the last 20-odd years, I have a feeling they probably mean something more like when would it be possible for, like, anyone to live in, in you know, off of the planet Earth? Where do you think would be the first place that people would live that's outside of the International Space Station uh, in our solar system? Well, I reckon the big, the second shiniest thing in the sky after the sun, the moon, that's going to be the first place that we're really going to set up a physical base. And there are plans in place for humans to set up a base on the moon. Oh, that would be cool. Why do you, why would we go to the moon though? I mean, there are so many cool places in the solar system. Why would we start with the moon? Well, there's a lot of things we don't know about not living on Earth. We need to have people living in an environment where there isn't a lot of atmosphere and there's a lot of radiation not on Earth. Um, anywhere other than Earth is generally not protected by uh, our magnetosphere. So there's lots of dangerous solar winds, all that sort of stuff, which can cause us a lot, a lot of problems. So we need to come up with a lot of technology to allow us to, to live there. And the moon's pretty close, so we can get stuff there. You know, it's still pretty expensive, but it's not so bad. Uh, and then when we once we're established there, it's a lot easier to launch rockets from the moon than on Earth because the moon is a lot, lot smaller. Why does that make it easier to launch a rocket? Less gravity. And there's this, this thing called escape velocity that my year 12s, I teach my year 12s. Um, takes a lot of energy to get a kilogram of stuff off the earth. Uh, it's almost as much energy to get off the earth um, as it is to get all the way to Mars. So, uh, so yeah. Oh, that sounds re- really, really cool. What sort of things do you think we'd have to worry about to be able to live on the moon? 
Because, I mean, obviously you mentioned we'd have issues to do with radiation, so that would be one. Mm-hmm. We Would we have oxygen on the moon? There's lots of water on the moon, but no atmosphere. So we have to, we'd have to make our own oxygen. Mm-hmm. We'd have to make our own energy, which solar panels would probably still work fine there, but we still have to test it. Yeah. Um, we've got to, it's very, very cold and very, very hot, depending on uh, where you are. If you're in the sun, it's blindingly hot. If you're in the shade, uh, it's, very, it's freezing. So, and there's periods, there's periods where you get, it's very long periods where it's sunny and long periods where it's cold. So there's lots and lots of technology that we'd have to come up with just to live there. Uh, mm. So, um, you know, th- I am, what I imagine we're going to do is we're going to send big 3D printers up there and uh, use the resources up there to make things. So that's going to be what we want to do. We want to use as much use as much stuff from the moon to make the base as we can because it's very expensive. That makes a lot of sense, actually. When you think about it, making the stuff on the moon rather than having to try and move everything from the moon after what you were telling us just then about the whole escape velocity and how much energy that would take, that would make a lot of sense. Um, do you reckon that we would be in a position to do that? I mean, 3D printers are pretty pretty accessible technology these days. It's not like that's going to be something that only top secret, you know, NASA missions would have access to, would it? So that sounds like it'd be pretty doable. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's just... It's just money, really. Uh, it's just got to develop the technology um, and look at all the, figure out all the problems because there's always problems, uh, and we need to be not on Earth to test those things out. So a moon's really good, a good place to go. And there is discussions, and there's designs and those sort of things going in place with um, governments to make that happen uh, and to put people back on the moon. So that, that's number one. We've got to put people back on the moon for the short term before we can put them back on the moon for the long term. And so why I wonder if is there a particular reason why we haven't had a lot of people being up in space for long periods of time so far? Because if we're going to move to the moon, we'd need to be up in space for a long time. It's expensive. Is that the only reason? Um I well lots of it comes does come down to money. There's only a certain amount of money to go around. And scientists would have loved to to stay going to kept on going to the moon and build moon bases back in the back in the uh, the sixties and seventies and beyond, but it was really expensive to to maintain that, um, and that was all about military superiority uh, mm. against the Russians. And the Russians fell behind, so Congress in America didn't need to spend that much money anymore to stay ahead. So they concentrated their money elsewhere. Oh, so you mean if the if NASA hadn't managed to defeat the USSR in the space race so that they just sort of gave up and said, well, we've won now, we don't need to do it anymore, maybe we could have been living on the moon today. Well, there, there, is, there is a show on Apple TV which, which, which looks at the Russians getting to the moon first. I've only just started watching it. It's pretty interesting. So that oh. might be something to, to look at. That would be interesting. Russian Russian science in the 20th century was always super fascinating as far as I'm concerned. Mm. So do you reckon that we'll end up living in somewhere in space, the moon or, or another planet or something, wherever? Do you reckon we'll do that within the next mm, 50 years? How likelihood, what's the likelihood, do you think? That's a very good question. 
I, I was reading. I was I'm full reading. Of them. Yeah, you're very. I was reading a really interesting article on uh, a possible oil shock coming. Uh, if society cruises along and doesn't have any major, major issues, absolutely. Uh, there are lots of scenarios where we might have a bit of a, a bit of a hiccup with our energy supplies. Uh, so we might stop looking outward so much and start looking inward, um, trying to solve an energy crisis in the next 10, 20 years. So that could be the speed bump. If there's no major speed bumps uh, in terms of society and economies and, and that sort of jazz, yeah. But there's got to be a reason. There's got to be an economic reason for us to go to Mars. It's not just it'll be cool. There's got to be resources there. Whenever humans have crossed the seas, they've crossed the seas for spices or for resources, some sort of economic advantage. So that's the reason that we're going to spread out into the stars is for is to grow uh, the economy for resources. Uh, so that's, that's going to be the thing. If there's money to be made, absolutely. If there's not money to be made, yeah. yeah, that is a big question, I will admit, that comes up in regards to that because from memory, wasn't it just a, the other, a year or two ago now that um, a Japanese company managed to go up and prove that they could land on an asteroid because they were trying to prove the viability of asteroid mining as a oh, source okay. for resources. And they were able to successfully land on the asteroid and launch off of the asteroid as well. So they're like, yeah, we could totally do this. But mm -hmm. it, uh, I don't like the thought of that, though. That raises so many ethical issues for me <laughs> based on, you know, my, my background being not just in science but also with history and things like that. Makes me feel really uncomfortable about, but who would be owning these resources if they haven't been able to... Um, how we put it, sustainably manage resources here on Earth, do we trust those same organisations to be the ones responsible for mining another planet and uh, extracting resources to bring back to us? It just it makes me a little uncomfortable, I must say. And then we get to fascinating, I'm going to talk about another TV show called The Expanse where you've got, yeah, have you seen that? Oh, you've got mm -hmm. to watch that. It's, 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 it's really, really good sci-fi. They get a lot of, lot of the science right, but you've got... You've got belters living out in the asteroid belt and they're mining, the, you know, they're working and, and living out there. They've colonised and they're terrifying, terraforming Mars uh, and then there's back on Earth. So you've essentially got three separate civilizations, and exciting things happen. Um, some of it's, some of it's not, not, um, not realistic, but there's, there's a really interesting, they get, they get the, the science in the sci-fi right. Uh, so that's definitely what I'd recommend to you, The Expanse. Ooh, apparently, okay. apparently the apparently the books, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a massive series of books. I haven't read the books, but the, the, uh, the TV series I certainly would highly recommend. Um, you reckon that could be our future in the next 50 years then? Not 50 years because we've got to figure out there's some technology getting to another planet takes a very long time which is a real problem because uh, while you're out there, you're completely exposed to all the radiation and there's a very, very good chance that the dose of radiation you'll get will be enough to kill you in a short period of time. That's not good. So we've got to figure out how to travel really, really fast with only a small amount of energy and we haven't but got that yet. What do you mean it'd take a long time? Everybody knows Mars is one of the closest planets to Earth. How can it take a long time to get to Mars? Uh, at its... its it takes 20 minutes for light to get there. So, and that's the fastest thing that there is. So it's not that close. Hmm. 
Now so, you're making me wonder how long would it take for us to travel to Mars? Months. And then we're going to slow down when we get there. That's, oh, we can't that's, just crash land? Well, you could, but it'd be, uh, I don't think you'd be living on Mars. Oh, wow. I see exactly what you mean. I just checked it then, and, that, and they reckon that it would take around seven months to get to Mars, provided mm-hmm. we were going at the time when we're closest, because, yes. of course, because Earth has its own uh, revolution around the sun and they have their own orbits, there are times where Mars and Earth are closer together than other parts in the cycle. Mm-hmm. And so they are saying in there that um, it could, depending upon when you went, mean you might be stuck there once you got to Mars for something like six or eight months before you'd have the right conditions to be able to get back to Earth. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot of sci-fi today, as in The Martian. <laughs> yes, as in The Martian. As I in think the you just wanted to recommend things for people to watch on Netflix and, and Prime and, and San and all of that sort of stuff. I do like my sci-fi. I do like my sci-fi. Maybe you're just giving us a glimpse into what you've been doing during lockdown. Um, very little, strangely <laughs> enough. I haven't been watching much at all. Uh, so now so that you're able to, that, that lockdown's starting to relax and you're able to go outside, that's when you've gone back to watching sci-fi. Uh, <laughs> funnily enough, uh, halfway through watching a, a season of Foundation, you'll like that one too. What's Foundation? Foundation, uh, sci-fi again. Um, a, uh, oh, I'm just trying to think how to describe. It's a really dense, heavy uh, sci-fi. There's lots and lots of levels to it, but it's. Yeah, I think you'd really enjoy that. Um, plus, <sighs> plus, there's another one. Uh, Apple TV uh, Invasion. Uh, it's, it's it's alien invasion from the perspective of five different people, Ooh. which is quite good. That would be interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that reminds it. me, we should ha- we should have to answer next time, I reckon, the question, do we think aliens are real? Oh, that's a good one. I think that might be a good place to finish. I, I agree. We're starting, we're starting to... We're starting to think about up, next is- lesson already, like next episode already. <laughs> oh, lesson. Don't do that. Yeah, no. I know. I was, I don't know, going back to school, just reminding me of the word lesson for some reason. Uh, all good. Well, I think next, I think we picked our topic for next, next week. Yeah, I agree. We'll have to just have a think to ourselves about whether or not we think aliens are real. Oh, I've got some good ones for that one already. Oh, and all of our listeners, of course, you could always chime in, you know, in the comment section for our podcast, you know, on our different platforms with whether or not you believe aliens are real before. And so we can work out whose side are you going to be on? Are you going to be on Brett's side or are you going to be on mine? Mm. Uh, And it's, uh, you can send that as well to science.jam.podcast at gmail.com. Yes, that would be excellent. Then we'd be able to find out how many people think there are aliens. Is there life out there? And uh, maybe you'll even find some new sci-fi recommendations for us. Awesome. Look forward <laughs> to it. See you guys yeah. next week. Yes, yeah, see you next week. <laughs>